This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome back to another episode of Shrink Chicks. Take a seat on our virtual therapy couch and get ready to learn all about, well, you. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're both licensed marriage and family therapists and relationship experts. We're the owners and founders of The Therapy Group, a nationwide psychotherapy practice with down-to-earth therapists just like us. Your session is starting, so get ready to know yourself and grow yourself. Hi, Jen. Hi, Em. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> I think you're doing better than I am. Definitely. A hundred percent. And you know what? That switched. I think a few weeks ago, that wasn't the case. I am so, overwhelmed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to talk we've, about it? it well, we've just, you know, for m- most people know we live in Pennsylvania and um, Pennsylvania has winter. And <laughs> Beautiful. Think about Pennsylvania in the winter is it snows. And when it snows, there's 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 no school. Right. I don't know how people do it. Um, so you know, we're doing it. It's okay. Things are going well, right? Uh-huh. 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 We're hanging in yeah. there. We're yeah. and listen, it speaks to the fact that, you know, a few weeks ago I was the one struggling. Now you're feeling overwhelmed and that we can switch off and support each other. So, yeah, so the thing is there's snow and then the school gets changed and then there's all this stuff. And like, I don't do super well with a lot of shifts in schedule. I, I'm a routine girly. That you are. <laughs> that you are. And I have a routine, right? I wake up at six. I get everyone ready. I drive Millie to school. I go to the gym. I go by shower, right? Like I have a whole thing. It's not, it's not been great. <laughs> no, no. What happens when you're, what do you do when your routine gets thrown off? So I try super hard to be chill and I'm not. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
So like usually I try to tie myself down. At some point, I will always have a breakdown. And then I usually come out of that breakdown and feel a little better. And I had that this morning. Mm. And then I feel a little better coming out of it. There it is. Maybe you yeah. need the breakdown. I think I need the breakdown. Just don't I, be chill. Just have the breakdown immediately. I think you try so hard to be like, all right, that's fine. I can adjust. Everything's good. And um, it's hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But either way, we're here today. It's mm-hmm. sunny, beautiful, blue sky day. And we have an amazing question from listener Sam. Listener who Sam. is also a prospective MFT student. We love it. Love to hear we love it. it. They asked, what was your favorite class in college or grad school? Hmm. Grad school was probably our couples therapy class. With Steve Treat. Yeah. Thanks to Steve Treat. It was amazing. He was mm-hmm. so good. And it was just, you just are learning so much. Like, I can't even stress the amount that you, that we learned. I should speak for our experience. We learned in grad school that just simply blew my mind and it just changes your perspective in so many ways. So I think the couple, the couples therapy class really did that for me. It was, it was our intro. Um, but it just, you go from one perspective of relationships to like just a completely different perspective of relationships. And it's just, it really is mind blowing and it, it seeps into all of your relationships too, the more you integrate it. So yeah, I would have to say couples therapy. And then undergrad, I had this class about memory and cognition. And you know, what's interesting is that he, the teacher, he would just talk the whole time and you had to take notes. And so basically the learning in the class was also testing your own memory and cognition. And it was, he, he talked so quickly and so fast. It was, it was like one of the most challenging classes I took, but also the most interesting and that you always had to go to class because if you missed a class then you know you didn't get any notes um so yeah i would say those are my two what about you wow that's really interesting i wish i had that it was so cool. i had this class i think i talked about it on here because of the whole snake thing right yes <laughs> yes so i had um psychopathology in undergrad was really awesome i wish i remember that professor's name he was so great in grad school, probably couples therapy with Steve yeah. Treat. But I also really loved all of our sex therapy work. I really yeah. found that interesting. Um, because also I found the SARS interesting. And if you don't know if you don't know what a SAR is, a SAR is a sexual um attitude reassessment. Um, and what that means is you sit in a classroom and you essentially watch porn, educational porn. What would you call it? Just porn. <laughs> Just Different porn. Porn. And then you talk Different about types. you talk about what is coming up for you. Um, what it's bringing up for you. And then you have a class discussion about it. I found that very interesting. And so, yeah, we had to do that twice in grad school. And it's a very interesting thing. And it's if you become um, a sex therapist, it's something you have to do in the process. And it's very interesting because sometimes you'd be pretty surprised about what is activating for one person versus another. And so I thought that was all fascinating. When do you ever get ha- get to have an educational conversation about porn, you know? <laughs> I don't only such a grad school, such an academic grad such school. Thing. Academic, right? Really <laughs> takes also, the really takes the uh, fun out of porn, you know. But I, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because at first you're like, oh, am I going to feel really aroused in the classroom? Like, I don't know about you, but I had that fear. That was not yeah. a fear of yours going in. No, no, it it was a fear of mine, but I didn't end up feeling no, no, aroused no, at do, all. No, no, you do not. <laughs> yes, but not even in, a little. You're like, oh my god, am I going to be like all horny by the end of this eight hours? And no, by the end you're just eating pizza and talking about it. So no. yeah, um, but 
I will say both those. But we said before, like we would totally be in school for the rest of our lives if if it was free. <laughs> it's not even a question. I like lifetime learners for would do, but but specifically grad school. Like I would want to be learning the things that I actually care oh, about. Because... Like I want to go back to gen eds and right at undergrad. Yeah, like I want to go back 100. to English class. Like not interested. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't take us into our topic for today, but it will still get us there. Um, today, we wanted to talk about family dynamics, specifically how they shift and change in adulthood. Um, we've talked a lot about family dynamics on our podcast, but there's something really specific that happens when you become an adult where your dynamics almost like unexpectedly change, like your relationships with people in your family unexpectedly change. Um, and as we were talking about at the beginning of this, change can be really jarring. It can be really difficult. And so we got a ton of questions about family dynamics and how they shift as you're entering into adulthood. So we're going to jump right into them. You know, I thought it was interesting that so many people had replied back mainly about the complexity of this mm -hmm. right and I think that that's fascinating that everyone thinks this is so difficult and I think sometimes you know I I loved wait we got one question that I want to start with as a kid I was always the butt of the jokes how do I tell them I finally had enough and I think one of the reasons it feels so complex is sometimes it feels like we're still not being seen as a grown-up but also what that tells me is that in a lot of families, children are spoken down to and treated poorly. Mm -hmm. And the hard part about that is that, like, I think we live in a culture that sees kids as um, stupid or silly. Mm. And they're not. <laughs> no, and they're not. And I think, you know, I'm I'm thinking specifically about this question. Someone feeling like they're the butt of the jokes. And when you're always in this dynamic, like let's say you've been in this dynamic for 30 years, right? Where you've been the butt of the jokes and 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 the whole family is kind of invested in this dynamic that for you to stand up and say, hey, I'm not going to take this anymore. It's a really brave thing to do to work to change those dynamics. It's not an easy thing to do, but it is a very brave thing to do. And I think some of the reason why we keep ourselves from doing that in adulthood is that we wonder, well, how is everyone else going to react to that when I do something different? But we have to bear the discomfort of the possibility of other people's reaction in order to make a change to the dynamic, that the only way we're going to be able to make that change is if we sit in that discomfort of, I need to say something and People are going to say what they're going to say about it, but I can still sit with this because I no longer want to be the butt of the joke. I want to make a change. And so what is it that I have control over in this dynamic in order to make that change? Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? <laughs> it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you. 
what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Why do you think it's so hard for parents to see their children as grownups? I think it speaks to how parents were also treated when they were children. I think that we bring in our kind of internal internalized child um, and how we were treated as a child. And we bring that into our parenting. And I think generations ago, it was really normalized that children were seen and not heard that, um, you know, they were talked down to. And and so I think generationally, it's been changing. But it takes time to make that change, because we take our models of what parenting looks like from how our parents parented us, and we bring that into our relationship with our children, if we're not aware of it. And so the key there is to make that a little bit more conscious to say, do I want to repeat the same patterns um, from my childhood? Do I want to do the same thing that my parents did? Without that level of consciousness, we just repeat it. It just happens. We just function in the same way. Um, And so making that very conscious of, is this something that I want to continue to do? Or is this something that I want to change? I was, you're going to be shocked to hear this, right? Yeah, yeah. But I saw a video online. And where do you think I saw the video? Uh, uh, Reddit. <laughs> Is it, am I right? <laughs> 
saw this video on Reddit, which I'm going to find and have Nikki post. But it was a freaking TV commercial PSA from like the late 70s about being nicer to your kids. So that literally tells you that we had to teach parents to treat children with kindness. That we've come a long way. Now we're in gentle parenting. <laughs> but they had to put it on TVs. <laughs> I, they had to be like, oh, wait, guys, we were wrong before. Don't be assholes to your children. I even remember this when I was a child. Like one of the things that I was really looking for for my parents was to not treat me like a child. Like I always felt like I was being treated like a child. I was also the youngest in my family. But that was like a really big thing for me. And breaking out of that was also a really important thing for me to go into. I don't want to be treated like the youngest. Yes, I'm the youngest of all of you, but I'm no longer a child. Um, And but even I, you know, I was really young when I was feeling this way. I did not want to be treated like a child. And so I think that we can look at the ways in which we struggled growing up and say, you know, the person who says, I don't want to be the butt of the joke, the person who, you know, falls in a very specific dynamic and say, well, how do I want to break out of that? What do I, what do I want to change? What do I want to do differently? So how to address and acknowledge the shift within a family that avoids confrontation. So let's say I come from a family that totally avoids confrontation, but now there's a shift and things are different. Mm. And so Talking about things doesn't have to be confrontation, but when you come from a family that avoids confrontation, it's probably going to feel like it, right? And so saying something that's honest doesn't have to be, and I think this goes back to our really great episode about passive aggressiveness. When you from a family that's like avoids confrontation, typically what will happen is we either are totally avoidant or we're passive aggressive or we end up blowing up. And it's like, well, I sure as shit, I'm not coming to your house for fucking Christmas, right? Like we have some explosion. And addressing, acknowledging the shift can be something saying like, wow, I guess the holidays are really different now that we're older. Mm. It's really challenging that we're all in different places now. Wow, this feels different. Is it like that for you too? Yeah, I'm I'm wondering why this person asks about confrontation specifically is why it feels like it has to be a confrontation, right? That I think maybe what you're saying is a family that avoids intimacy in certain ways, um, avoids deeper communication, connection. And so understanding kind of the underpinnings of it, of what makes this challenging for us, um, And do I want to be the one to start to create that shift in the family? Maybe that means that you're, you know, starting in very specific dyads in the family, right? Where you're building different types of relationships with each person, where it doesn't just happen all at once. And I think sometimes when we think about changing our family dynamics, we think, you know, we can think about it as a whole of like, I have to change my dynamic towards every single person and that that can feel really overwhelming. So if you more so think of it as you can make small changes in like the dyads in your relationships um, and watch how that trickles into the family dynamic. But yeah, I don't necessarily feel like, oh, it has to be some sort of confrontation. Like you said, Em, it can just be talking about like, have do you feel this? You know, does this feel different for you? 
Well, and so let's go with the feelings with it because there's another amazing question that um, I just like the way this person said this is, I still feel like I'm sitting at the kids' table even though we've hosted multiple holidays. So one, how much of that is internal? Mm. I feel like, right? So maybe I feel infantilized. Maybe people talk down to me or maybe I feel insecure. And so the hard part is to suss out what's the story we're telling ourselves around this. And maybe this person totally is being infantilized and being treated like that. Yeah. Or they feel like they're still not good enough or old enough. And I think that we we have this idea about how we're supposed to feel at a certain age. I mean, Jen, we run this huge business. And like most of the time, like, don't you feel like sometimes childlike? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, am I like, do you guys believe me yet? I know what I'm doing. Like, right? Like, they like. I think that I thought at this age with this business and what we do, I think I had expectations I would feel differently. Totally. I think we look around at other people and we think that everyone has it all together. Yes. And I think a lot of the time we feel childlike. I think I I was also thinking about this too. There's times in our business where I feel very confident and very adult. And then there are times in which I feel very childlike. I, and And typically... I don't know if you feel this way. The times in which I feel the most childlike is when there are changes and there's things that I don't fully understand yet. I feel the most adult when I've been doing something within the business for a long time and then I feel confident in it. So the conversation around insurance benefits has been very overwhelming. <laughs> exactly. So like I, you We're know, like, I, what's insurance? Right. It's like, so, so something like that, you know, it's, it puts you into like a, I feel the most childlike when I don't understand something, you know, when I, I haven't been doing something for that long. Right. And if you think about a child, children are learning new things all the time, right? They're like learning how to walk. They're learning how to talk. They're learning how to interact. And so it puts you really into this like childlike kind of state to be doing something so new. But I think the place where we have to gain some perspective, not just us, but anyone going through this is that just because we feel childlike doesn't mean we're unable to do it, that it's just a signal that we have things to learn and we have ways to grow. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you are thrown into that state, it's easy to take that and it become your whole narrative of, I never know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. I'm not going to be able to figure it out. I So making meaning, making a bigger meaning out of those experiences where you don't really know what you're doing and having that trickle into other areas of your life. That's where I think creating that boundary around it is important and gaining that perspective of, no, this is just something new. And when you own a business and just in life, you're always experiencing new things. You're always having to do something different. And so just because you feel childlike, it doesn't mean that you're unable to work through it. You're unable to learn it. Like you will get through it and you will be able to learn this and you will grow into an adult in that specific transition. You know what I'm thinking is that so often children are really good at having humility, right? So Millie's going to be five, five. Um, and I'm still not invited to her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you're not invited to her birthday party. <laughs> You're not. I don't think I can make it that day. <laughs> have we told this story before? I don't know, but we should. So the story is that I had put in, like, we have a shared calendar, right? 
I had put in Millie's birthday party date and Jen sends me this text is like, I don't think that I can come to Millie's birthday party. I'm not available. And I was like, yeah, you weren't invited to that. I was like, oh, I was it's like, for oh, children. I was like, oh, thank God I can't come. So once again, it's for children. Right. Um, so I can't, I can't go that day either. Continue. Millie is big into working on her uh using a pair of scissors right so she wants to know how to cut things and she's very interested and like i don't really want her to be cutting things she came (laughs) home from school a few weeks ago and she goes i cut my hair in class and i didn't tell anyone i kept it a secret and i was like what did you do with the hair she was like i put it in the trash can (laughs) that's good it could have been i could have taken a turn she could have eaten it (laughs) i was like did anyone else cut their hair she was like no but ellie saw me and she laughed and i was like oh my god i was like okay but just don't do that again maybe she's gonna, like, come, she's gonna come home <laughs> one day and all of her hair yes. is gonna be cut off i was like thank you for telling me um if you want we can go to the hairdresser and i bet they'll help you and let you cut a little bit off okay so whatever but either way super into learning about um skills of cutting the interesting part that children are really good at is Millie will be like fucking up or look like she's going to cut herself. And I'll be like, oh, let me help you. And she's like, no, I got this. And she has this assertiveness. For me, what she's saying is back off, lady. And she's <laughs> right. If I, she doesn't learn this and I just do it for her, she doesn't learn the skill. And we need to have that same humility in adulthood. If someone tries to come in, let's say you're hosting Thanksgiving, you're trying to figure out the turkey and someone tries to take it over. You can say, you can guide me, but I want to do this myself. Yes. And it's that ability to one, be brave and stand up for yourself, but also to have humility of, I don't know what I'm doing and that's okay. I'm figuring it out and I will only figure it out by doing. It's such a relieving thing to be able to say out loud when you're doing something that you don't really understand or know to be able to say like I don't know what I'm doing I said this to my husband the other day when we were talking about the business and I was like I was like I you know we made such a big switch I was like I don't really know what I'm doing but I'm gonna figure it out to just say that out loud was so relieving because you know holding it in and just, I think it goes back to the expectations of like having this expectation of yourself of like, I should know what I'm doing. I should be able to figure this out. And then you hold it in and you hold it tightly and you don't talk to anyone about it, but it makes you feel like garbage inside. And so to just say out loud, I don't know what I'm doing, but I am doing my best to figure it out. It's just such a relieving statement and also gives you the space to be able to to just admit that to yourself, admit that to other people so that they know where you are. And if you need help, you can ask for it. Um, but I just think that's such an important piece to be able to hold on to. You don't have to have it all figured out. And you're not going to. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing something. It's okay to not have it all figured out. It takes time.
Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. Somebody wrote in and said, my single dad didn't help me transition into adulthood. I often feel lost and overwhelmed. Mm. And I think that's true. Some people get really great guidance, right? So a few different things can happen as you emerge into adulthood. You have parents who do everything for you, and so you don't learn the skills. You have parents that don't know how to help you, so they're avoidant. You have parents that do a wonderful job of guiding you. And then for most of us, it's a spectrum in between all these things, right? Mm. And when we don't have the guidance, I think it can feel really overwhelming and scary. And I, you know, when this is a really large conversation is often with kids in puberty, Hmm. kids going through puberty, they're not taught about their bodies, don't have the appropriate language for their bodies, don't know how, and it feels embarrassing or shameful, right? And I've also had people talk about this a lot in terms of finances. 
I'm embarrassed that I have credit card debts. I'm embarrassed that I did this, but nobody taught me skills. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I'm walking around a college campus. Somebody gives me an application for a credit card. I get it. I open, I put money on it. Boom, this is where I am. The shame keeps us so quiet. As opposed to saying, you know what? My parent didn't help me transition into the adulthood the way I would like. Here are the skills I think I'm missing. Where could I go for guidance? Mm. I wonder, too, how much this person is comparing themselves to other people. They're seeing friends or people, you know, their age who are getting more guidance and what that's bringing up for you. Because it's true, we don't choose, you know, who our parents are. Sometimes our parents don't have the ability to give us the guidance that that we need. And so we have we can look for that in other resources. Um, and finding those resources is really, really key. Okay. Can I do the next one? I know I of keep course. picking them, but no, I just I, think that these I are very good. I'm sorry. Them, please. <laughs> you know, we we sometimes we get really nasty messages. <laughs> so Sometimes I can't tell. Like sometimes when I get quiet on the podcast and I'm just sitting there, it's because we've received these nasty messages about how no. annoying I typically am is really no. what we get. No. They said, Emily, stop. Stop interrupting, Jen. And I said, Em, you do not interrupt me. Also, I what people don't realize is we can see each other when we yes. record. So you're usually telling me to fucking like I'm talk. Done. Or, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am done. <laughs> uh, but then I'm like then hyper fixated on like how much I don't. talk versus you talk. You be and it gets in my head. Be yourself. Okay. You don't change a thing about who you are just because one person said that you interrupt me. I disagree. I am going to tell you that I feel good about our back and forth. That is what matters. Okay. Don't get in your head. We Please. can see each other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> please tell me the next question pick all of the questions i don't want to pick them okay i i'm i'm gonna do it i'm gonna be great <laughs> um i want to talk about this one because i think it's interesting and i think it's speech all people which is i have zero contact with my brother how to handle with aging parents it feels inevitable the contact will happen again it probably will <laughs> yes <laughs> i think that's a huge life transition as your parents get older and what that shapes and shifts in your family dynamic. Um, but yeah, you will most likely have contact with the sibling again. And then when you get to that point, you'll have to decide like, what will this relationship look like? You know, is this relationship going to change? Is it going to be the same? Um, are we just going to talk about, you know, our parents getting older? If someone gets sick, is that the only kind of communication we're going to have? Um, what's the reason why we stop talking? You know, what's the reason why we don't have contact? Do you know, have those reasons changed? Are we different people now? I think sometimes we hold on so strongly to who other people once were, who we once were, and it keeps us from growing and evolving in our relationships. And so, you know, this might be a, a very kind of silver lining thing to say, but it might give you an opportunity to revisit and say, am I different? Is my sibling different? Do we want to create something different? If not, that's okay. Um, but it, there's opportunity there. And I think then also this is when we talk about like there's different ways to communicate, right? So maybe it'll be that, you know what, me and my sibling just communicate over email just about this doesn't mean we have to be meeting up and be in person like you find the safest 
most effective way to handle the situation. But yeah, as your parents get older, it changes a lot. And I think it's really important for you to be talking to your partner or your chosen family or your born family, siblings, whatever that looks like of how you're going to handle as someone gets older, because it's very complex. And especially, I mean, there's all this interesting data now about how, you know, in 20 years, how many people don't have the money saved they need towards retirement and how that will be falling on their children. Mm. And that, for I know so many people, is very overwhelming to think about is what am I going to do if my parents cannot afford to stay in their home, to be in an assisted living facility? What's this going to mean about what do I owe to them? Mm. Another thing I was thinking about is gray divorce, which is a huge shift in a family dynamic. Um, which is your parents get divorced later on. Just Later on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Sorry to interrupt. Just assuming. <laughs> just assuming. Everyone knows. Gray divorce, I think, really, you know, changes the family dynamic in a way where your whole life, if you've seen your parents together, for better or for worse, you know, when your parents get divorced, maybe they start dating, you know, new people. There's a huge shift and change that you have to enter into, whether it's watching your parents enter back into dating life, you know, a place where you've never seen them before, seeing parents struggle with loneliness, seeing them, you know, just, just think it, it shifts everything. So I just want to highlight the fact that like when one thing or one dynamic or one relationship changes within a family system, the entire family system shifts. It affects everything. Mm -hmm. So final question then on that note. How to grow out of old dynamics when you're the only one changing or seeing it? Mm. This is where I go back to working with each dyad. You know, working with each relationship that you have within the family dynamic. There's only so much you can do when someone is unwilling to look at some of the patterns that are happening in the family. And so I think you come to a point where you say, Do I want to keep, you know, banging my head against a brick wall, trying to show people what the dynamic is? Or do I want to accept the fact that this is the dynamic? I only have so much control over what's happening. And do I want to grieve the idea that there will be a change here? And what is it that I can do in order to take care of myself if there isn't a change? What will this look like for me? Are you ready for Dear Emogen? Always. Dear Emogen, my husband and I have been together for 10 years and we have two beautiful children together. Since having children, we have found ourselves having to set more boundaries with my in-laws because of differences in lifestyles and worldviews. And my mother-in-law takes personal offense whenever my husband attempts to set a boundary for himself or for our family. For example... My three-year-old daughter was having a health issue that we were dealing with, and my husband asked his mother to keep the health updates to herself and not share them with the entire extended family, which she often does with any news. Instead of understanding and respecting his request, she started arguing with him and was pushing for a reason for why she shouldn't share this information. She then brought up the fact that we treat her differently than my own mother, quote-unquote. 
who does understand boundaries and is continually respectful of anything we ask, especially when it comes to our children. I know that these outbursts are coming from a place of insecurity and nostalgia for how things were before her children had grown families of their own, but her lack of respect is becoming a persistent problem and causing my husband unnecessary stress. How do you suggest dealing with a parent who is having a difficult time adjusting to the change in family dynamics that naturally come when their children are grown with families of their own? I appreciate the advice that you give. I love your podcast, and I've gotten so many people to listen to it, including my own therapist. Thank you for all that you do. Oh, oh nice. It. First of all, let's just say this is a shit situation that's incredibly yeah. difficult yeah. to work within. Yeah. You guys are doing absolutely the right thing by setting the boundaries for yourself. It sounds like you're being honest and direct, which is amazing. What we can't do, though, is control how other people react to the boundaries we set. And the hard part is, is you may be treating her differently than your own mother, because your own mother, it sounds like, has um, earned your trust when it comes to different things. And someone who repeatedly doesn't respect our boundaries is not going to earn that same amount of trust and respect. So the question you asked, though, is how do you suggest dealing with a parent who was having a difficult time adjusting to the change in family dynamics? The hard thing that you're going to hear me say today is you're doing it. You keep doing exactly what you're doing, and they're allowed to get mad. And they might. Mm-hmm. But it's important that you keep doing exactly what you're doing, which is setting boundaries and thinking of your family first. And the other thing I got to say is you have a pretty wonderful husband because many husbands are not able to set this boundary with their mom. So give him a big smooch right now. <laughs> and <laughs> because it is, it's really true. If you have a partner that isn't on the same page with you, mm-hmm. it affects everything in your marriage Mm -hmm. and so you and your partner are on the same page and it sounds like you're making decisions for your family that's all you can do yeah you know just hearing this it must be hard to watch I guess your mother-in-law have such a difficult time adjusting to this um it might be the case that like you are sharing certain things with your own mother and then with your mother-in-law maybe your relationship just looks different maybe you're not talking about health stuff maybe you know you're you're just doing things differently in that relationship then and that's okay you know it's okay that certain relationships take certain places in your life and others take a different place so i think deciding you know if if she's having a really difficult time keep keeping health updates to herself then it might be important to decide how much you are sharing with her what kinds of things you're sharing with her knowing that when you are sharing things with her they might not stay you know she might not be able to keep the secret she might not be able to to hold the privacy and so you get to decide okay well if she struggles with that, then what is it that we want to share? What is it that we want to do differently? Oh, uh, I really feel for this person, right? Like, don't they sound incredible? Yes. Yes. And we appreciate you. Thank you for writing this. And we yeah. love when people write Dear Em and Jen's in, when you write questions in. It's just so, it's so helpful for us to be able to answer your questions, support you. And we want to keep doing that. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Shrink Chicks. We'll see you back here next Monday for another session. In the meantime, if you want a question answered or a topic discussed, follow us on Instagram at ShrinkChicks. And if you're looking to get connected with a therapist like us to start or continue your therapeutic journey, visit thetherapygroup.com. Just fill out a contact form on our website and we will personally match you with one of our amazing therapists. Also, if you'd be so kind, we'd love a rating review and for you to share with a friend or an enemy or a mother-in-law, honestly, whoever needs it so that we can keep reaching more people on our mission to bring mental health topics to your ears every week. Thanks for being here with us. And don't forget to grow yourself. You got to know yourself.